Well, good morning. I'm really excited to be speaking here this morning and uh, to all those who are watching online and visitors. We just want you to know you're a very special and very honored guest. And we're so thankful that you're here with us this morning listening in. And uh, seniors, it's finally here. It's finally here. All the waiting and all the years of saying, man, I can't wait to get out of school. And what's it going to feel like to be on my own? And now it's here. And, and uh, I know you're excited, right? Also nervous, aren't you, a little bit? A lot of mixed emotions. And parents, a lot of you, you're like, yes, they're leaving the house. And then you're like, oh, no, they're leaving the house. Right? And you don't even know how to feel. And there's a lot of nerves and a lot of... And so this morning, I'm, I'm excited because we've been talking through the series of our favorite passages of Scripture. And, and this morning we're going to close that off, and I'm, I'm happy that I get to speak because my favorite passage of Scripture is actually the same one that I would choose to help encourage you guys as you move, move over into this next chapter. And, and so this lesson is really targeted at you guys, and I hope that you find encouragement in it, and it means a lot to you. But it's also for the rest of us too. I think there's a lot that we can get out of this. And it comes from Isaiah chapter 40. And so if you will, go ahead and open up your Bibles there. And I've got a lot to say, and I've got a little time to say it, and so I'm going to talk a little bit quick, so you stay with me, okay? Sound good? Isaiah 40, starting in verse 28. You there? All right, good, let's read. Do you not know, or have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and young men will stump, he will not grow tired or weary. And I lost my place. There it is. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That is an awesome scripture. And, and that is a wonderful promise from our God. Look again at verse 31. He promise us, it promises us and he wants us to, as his children, God wants us to soar on wings like eagles. And that may not mean that much to you until you understand a little something about eagles. And so as we get into this lesson, I, I hope that you'll learn a little something about eagles. But the main idea that I want you to get is what an awesome promise this is for us to soar on wings like eagles. Okay? Uh, this is a lesson that my dad has taught in the past. And, and like I said, it was my favorite. It was my favorite scripture because he taught me about this. And it's just meant so much to me. And every time I see an eagle now, I think back to this lesson and I think about all the wonderful promises that, that God has given to his children. And I hope that it will mean the same to you at the end of this lesson. Listen, this is the first thing that you have got to understand. God has created each and every one of us for something big. Do you believe that this morning? God has created you for some absolutely incredible things, some great things. But not only has he created us as individuals, this church has been brought together with a purpose and a vision in the mind of God for us to move in some great directions and to do some wonderful things for the kingdom. But you know what? Even though we understand God has a dream for us and that he has a dream for us as a church. And by the way, his dream is for us to soar on wings like eagles so often I don't know if we ever really reach our full potential in Christ. 
You know what I'm saying? Like God's got this big dream in mind, but we don't see it ourselves. And because of that, we never really reach those goals. You know, it's kind of like the old Indian legend um, about the Indian guy. And he was walking around one day and he sees this egg on the ground that had fallen out of a nest. And it was a big old egg and it turned out to be an eagle's egg. Right. And so the Indian is, it grabs the egg and picks it up and he doesn't know what to do with it. And he can't get it back to the nest. And so he decides to do the next best thing. He takes it and he places it in the nest of a prairie chicken. <laughs> right. And, and the, the hen sits on the egg, and, and, and soon the eagle hatches next to all the prairie chickens, and she raises, her up, raises the eagle up as one of her own, you know. And, and so, of course, the eagle, thinking that he's a prairie chicken, he did what prairie chickens do, right? He, he started scratching around in the dirt, looking for things to eat and insects to eat and things like that. He started to cluck and cackle, and he started to fly just a few feet off the ground with this thrashing of his feathers, you know, and, and, and getting no more than this high off the ground. You like that, don't you? <laughs> That's good. And, and, and listen, he never, ever learned to be an eagle. Isn't that crazy? And, and then one day he's sitting outside and he's grown very old. And here he is and he's looking up in the sky and he sees this magnificent bird flying overhead. And, and, and the wings are just outstretched and he's, it's just gliding on, on the wind and it's not even hardly beating its wings. And wow, and he's just so amazed by it. So he looks to his neighbor and he asks the chicken, he says, hey, what is that? And the chicken says, oh, that's an eagle. But don't you ever think twice about it. You could never be like him. And here's the end of the story. The eagle never thought about it. And he died thinking he was a prairie chicken. How about that ending? Yeah, it's pretty lame, isn't it? What happened? The eagle never reached his full potential and he never came, became what he was meant to be. Why? Because he listened to what everybody else said. Instead of the truth. He took their advice and so he never reached his full potential to soar above the clouds like every other eagle. So my question is, what about us? Right? God's created us for some amazing things. He's got a big dream in mind for us. He intends for us to soar like eagles. But a lot of times I think we're just okay with being mediocre. You know, we're okay with being average and having that kind of scratch around in the dirt kind of life and, and never getting a few more feet off the ground when we could soar above the clouds. So the question for us that we have to answer this morning is, are we becoming all that God means for us to be? Are you reaching your full potential in Christ? Well, look, as we get started, I just want to tell you by way of introduction, just a few interesting things I found out about eagles as we get into this. Firstly, eagles have served as a symbol of strength and courage since the ancient times, right? Um, 5,000 years ago, the Sumerians chose the spread eagle as their uh, emblem of power. The ancient Assyrians used the double-headed eagle as their emblem. And, and centuries later, Rome adopted the eagle as their national symbol, and, and Napoleon did as well. And, and then later, it also appeared on the imper imperial coat of arms of both Russia and Austria. And then, even though Benjamin Franklin wanted to adopt, to adopt the what? The wild turkey... As our nation's emblem, thank goodness he was voted out, right? <laughs> Instead, we now have the, the American bald eagle as our country's emblem. And that came about in 1782. But now, here's the question. Okay, so we see that a lot of people and a lot of men look and they say, okay, we want the, em, uh, the eagle to represent us. But the question is, why? You know, what is it about the eagle that, that makes us want to, to use it as our symbol? What is so great 
and fascinating about the eagle, especially when it's compared to any other bird. Well, here's a few things that I found out. For example, did you know that an eagle's body is the perfect flying machine? It's kind of what an eagle is to birds, kind of what an F-16 fighter jet is to planes. You know what I'm saying? That's the best example I could think of. But it's, it's absolutely incredible. His body is light enough to get up off the ground and soar at incredible heights, and yet still somehow strong enough to carry objects that can weigh several pounds. To make their bodies even lighter in weight, this is something I'm sure you might have learned in science class, God designed their bones to be what? They're hollow, hollow bones. They're filled with air. And that makes them even lighter. In fact, check this out. The average body weight of an adult bald eagle is only nine pounds. Isn't that crazy? Their wings are a miracle in lightweight design. I love talking about an eagle's wings. It's absolutely incredible. The female bald eagle has a wingspan of approximately eight feet in length. And yet the wings weigh less than two pounds. There are more than 7,000 feathers, and yet when you put them all together, they weigh less than 21 ounces. And check this out. I'm told that pound for pound an eagle's wing is still stronger than the wing of an airplane. The eagle knows how to use those wings to climb to these incredible heights, much higher than most birds can fly. And he really, if you've ever seen it, how many of you have ever seen an eagle in flight before? It's pretty amazing, isn't it? And they don't even have to work that hard, you know? They just lift and lift on those powerful wings, and it's just so beautiful to watch. I remember the first time I saw an eagle, I was with my dad, and we were out at Darbone State Park, and dad heard a screech, and he looks up in the air, and he says, Nathan, look, an eagle. I was like, oh. And I look, and I see it for the first time, and it was flying so low out there, and I just got the perfect picture of an eagle, and now every time I think about it, man, it was beautiful to watch it, just soaring above. And if you've ever seen it, there's nothing that can describe it. It's just a beautiful and awesome sight. It really is. Check this out. When mating, eagles lock their talons and their claws together and they tumble in a free fall for thousands and thousands of feet. And then right before they hit the ground, they separate. It's amazing. They can swoop down on their prey at incredible speeds. And once they've caught it, they can lift very heavy prey into the air Eagles have actually been observed flying off with prey that weigh more than they do. With dive speeds at 200 miles an hour, an eagle can attack its prey with twice the force of a rifle bullet. And yet most of the time, they don't do it that way. They just spread out their wings and and hover over their prey. And they come down and snatch it without the, the, the prey ever even knowing that they were there. Just silently. Maybe that helps explain to us, you know, a little bit. Why, why are men so fascinated? Why do we want the eagle to represent us? Wow, there's a lot about the eagle, that, that, that symbol of strength and power. But here's the question. Here's what we're going to ask this morning. Nathan, where are you going with all this? My question is, I want to know, what does it mean for us to soar on wings like eagles? Seniors, why am I preaching this sermon to you? I, I want you to soar on wings like eagles. What does that mean? Well, firstly... I learned a lot from this bird that that can help us reach our full potential in Christ. And the first thing I learned is is how an eagle reacts to a storm is pretty incredible. Okay, things that, believe it or not, can help us. When a bad storm approaches, do you know that an eagle can sense the storm before it ever gets there? It can sense it when it's, it's way off. 
But when a bad storm approaches, all the other birds are kind of like us and kind of like my dad. I wish he was here. I could kind of make fun of him. My mom's here this morning. And, uh, you know, dad, when he gets that weather radio and he's so scared of the storms and he's the biggest coward I've ever seen when a storm's there. Like there can be a tornado 200 miles away. And he's like, oh, oh, it's coming our way. You know, and, and, and that's my dad. And, and, and we love him. We love to make fun of him. But most birds are kind of like that, right? A storm's coming. Oh, we got to seek shelter. We got to get down. We got to hide. But not the eagle. See, the eagle, he'll fly to a high spot, like a mountaintop or a cliff way up high, and he'll sit there and he'll wait. And, and, and he, he just waits for the storm to come to him. And when the winds of the storm start to blow, you know what he does? The eagle just spreads out his wings. And that wind from the storm starts to lift him up and take him higher and higher and higher. And he uses the storm to eventually fly so high, the winds of the storm take him so high that he's flying above the storm and he's looking down on it. Isn't that amazing? You see, look, the eagle, he, he, he prepares for the storm. He doesn't try to escape it. He doesn't try to run from it. He simply uses the storm to take him even higher. You think there's a lesson for us in there somewhere? Man, I'll tell you what, look, an eagle anticipates it and he prepares for the storm by flying to a high spot. Listen, as Christians, we had better prepare for the storms of life. Amen? Look, storms are going to come and storms that will rock your world. I love how we were just dealing with the flood and seeing that literal storm that came and destroyed our lives. And it reminds me of the story in Matthew chapter 7. You know, you got two foolish builders. The wise man built his house upon the... And the foolish man built his house upon the... Yeah, and then the rains came down and the floods came up. And who was the wise builder? The one who built his house on the rock. You see, he was prepared for the storm that came while the foolish man wasn't. And the foolish man paid the price. And so my challenge and my encouragement, especially for seniors, but for us all, is we have got to be prepared for the storms that are going to come our way. You see... We need to be wise builders. And what do we need to build our lives on? The rock. What is the rock for us? It's Jesus Christ. And we need to build our lives on Him. We need to be people who live and who walk and who die by faith. We need to be people, if our lives are daily centered on His foundation of Jesus and on the strength and the love and the wisdom that He provides and the care that He gives for us, and if we are focused on Him and on the rock, then when those storms of life come, we'll be able to hold on. Not because of our strength, but because of his strength. You see, our faith won't crumble when life deals us a blow. Look, seniors, I've got it on my wrist, and I've seen several of you do too. Right here, I was, I was sitting down in first service, and I looked down, and I said, Oh, look at there. I've got it right here. This is the rock. And, and, you, and you might not be able to see it, obviously. But it's the gospel symbol. It, it's, White's, it's kind of become White's Fair Road's trademark, you know, with the arrows. and I'm sure it's around here somewhere if I look hard enough. Right, and you see all the trucks driving, and they got it on the the, the bumper stickers, and and every, it, it's everywhere. It's right there. It's right behind me. Right? It's I mean, it's all over the place. That is that has become. I think that is an awesome thing because what we're telling the rest of the world is that our lives are centered on Jesus and His gospel, and that's our rock. And so when the storms of life come, that's our comfort zone. Right, Abby, you were talking about the the dwelling place. This, and you were reading through Psalms and you talked this morning about the dwelling place and how she sees that word and that phrase used over and over again. And she said it was God is our refuge. And all through the Psalms, you see that and you hear that. 
And, and I kind of said, it's, it's like the phrase, it reminds me of the, there's no place like home. You know, there's no place like home. And what we're saying to the rest of the world is that is our home. Jesus and his gospel. And if we're centered on that, we can, we can prepare for the storms of life. Look, eagles don't escape them. Okay, this is something you guys have got to get to. And I know that you know this now, but, but you, you can't escape the storms that are coming your way. You know, there's going to be hard things that are, that are going to come. There's going to be those, those nights where, you, man, you've been all, up all night studying. You don't know how you're going to get everything done. What am I going to do? Right now you may be feeling, who's my roommate? Where am I going to be? And all those fears and anxieties, that's a storm. And, it, and it's scary at times. And we won't be able to make it through those things if we don't rely on Jesus and his strength and let him be our rock. But not just that, there's other storms that we all face, aren't there? Storms of sickness and storms of the death of a loved one, family troubles, breakup of the homes, sin, failure, disappointments. We face all these things all the time and it's almost overwhelming, isn't it? With all the stuff and all the storms that we have to face. Or literal storms like the flood. Man, tragedies of every kind, they're going to hit you and they're going to hit you hard. But here's what you've got to understand. And when we get this, then we can better prepare for storms. Here's the truth. They're a fact of life. You know, the storms are going to come and there's nothing that you can do that's going to change that. Job actually says man is few of days and full of trouble. I don't know if I agree with it exactly like that, but he's pretty close. We don't have long to live and all the time that we have to live. There's a lot of junk that comes our way. There's a lot of storms. You see, so no, we can't get through life without facing them, but we can decide how we're going to face those storms. And we've got two choices. We can either choose to run and to hide and try to coop up and say, okay, don't hurt me too bad. And I'm just going to try to make this without getting as many scars as I can. And we choose to just kind of fight through that storm on our own. And by the way, how does that work for you if you've been trying that? Right? Or we can be like the eagle. We can be what God created for us to be and we can soar above the storms and allow that storm wind to take us even to even greater heights of glory. If we'll just have enough faith to allow God to do His work in us, let God have His way, He can use our struggles, He can use your trials, He can use all the different things that you'll go through, all the storms that you face to take you to an even greater level of faith that you've never experienced before. You know, I, I think about a lot of people that I know uh, I'll start with you guys. I mean, some of you uh, are going off to, to, to Harding. Some of you are going off to, to LSU and some party schools, you know. Kind of got the label. Right? And, and, but look, you're going to... Did y'all like my jig? <laughs> but you're going to be surrounded, in, in both cases, believe it or not, you're going to be surrounded by ungodly people. Okay? And, and there's going to be a lot of people who see things different than you. A lot of people who may say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but don't live their life... And it's not built on the rock. And, and, and so for you guys, there's so many people that I've seen who have, who have come to your spot, who graduate and go off to college, and, and they think they're prepared, but they're not. And they get there, and they just fall in, and they become what everybody else wants them to be. And they just kind of fall in. They're okay with being mediocre and average. They don't want to stand out, and they just try to ride it out themselves without getting you know, hurt, without getting scared. And, and I've seen a lot of people fall. But I, you know what else I've seen? I've seen a whole lot of people who go into those kind of schools with their life centered on the rock, their focus in the right place, and when they do, man, they use the difficulties that they face to fly even higher, and they take everybody else up with them, and they soar above the storm, and they don't allow it to bring you down. And that's my encouragement for you guys. You make a difference in the school that you're at. 
But not just for our seniors, not just for our students. That's in every area. Look, I know people who have, who have experienced divorce and the breakup of a home, and, and, and they just crumble after that. You know, and it's like they can never really get back to the level of faith and, and the spiritual walk that they were in before because, it, man, they just crumble. But I've also seen people who have gone through that same experience, who have witnessed that divorce and that breakup of the home, but they don't let that get them down. They come out even stronger and even better and even on more, even more, <laughs> even more on fire than ever before. And we look at that and we say, how? How can you go through something like that and come out more on fire for Christ? And now I realize it's because they allowed God to use that storm to take them in even greater heights. Not to bring them down. The choice is yours. But you know what? Look, God promises to take us to even greater levels of faith, right? Through the storms. In that Romans 8, 28, you know, that's probably a lot of your favorite scriptures. Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for to those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose, right? My dad always said, now son, it doesn't say all things are good, but all things work together for good. In other words, God's going to take the junk in your life and He's going to work it out for His eternal good and yours as well. Don't give up when the storms of life come, but take the wings of faith and soar like the eagle. I want you to be one who makes a difference and whose life is built on the rock, not one that just falls through the wayside. All right, lastly, look, another lesson that we can learn from the eagle is the way that an eagle learns to fly. Deuteronomy chapter 32. And I love this point. This one's good. Deuteronomy 32, starting in verse 9. Are you there? All right, let's read. For the Lord's portion is His people... Jacob, his allotted inheritance in a desert land, he found him and in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and he cared for him and he guarded him as the apple of his eye. Listen to this. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young and spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions. The Lord alone let him No foreign God was with him. This is taken out of what we call the Song of Moses, and it's talking about the care and the provision that God is giving to Jacob and the children of Israel. But verse 11 there, it's actually a, a very accurate description of how birds learn how to fly, believe it or not. Uh, when a mother eagle is teaching her young how to fly, she, what, you know what she does? She just spreads out her wings and starts to hover above the nest. And she'll do this for hours at a time, just hovering above. And the little eaglets are down there in the nest and they're watching Mama fly over and over again. And she's just going around and around and allowing those wind currents to keep her hovering above. And she'll fly and fly, hoping that the little eagles will learn something about what it means to fly. But then after she's done this process for a while, uh, you've got uh, those, those little eagles in the, in the nest. One of them is little Johnny, right? you got little Johnny, and Johnny's in the nest, and Mama comes to Johnny and says, Hey, little Johnny, come on, let's go on a little flight test. Okay, you know, woo! And so little Johnny hops on Mama's back, believe it or not, and Mom starts to fly around with Johnny on her back. And he's like, yeah, this is great, you know, woo! And he's loving it until all of a sudden, what a great mother she is, she just flies out from underneath him and lets him start to fall. Well, he's not having too much fun anymore, right? Ah, ah, and he starts to scream, and what does he begin to do? 
He begins to flap his wings. He begins to flap his wings and start, hopefully, begins to realize what they're for. And he's trying, he's trying, he's trying, but he's still falling and he's, I'm sure he's screaming, I would be. And he's screaming and right before he hits the ground, mom comes up underneath him, swoops down, catches him on her back and lifts him back up to the nest. Isn't that cool? And then she'll take all her little eagles out on these little flight tests with mom until finally Johnny gets a little smart and he wises up and he says, I ain't going on no more flight tests with you. You know, and then you know what happens? Huh? I refuse. And Johnny stays in the nest with all the other eaglets and they're like, we ain't going. And so mom does something. You know what she does next? She will uh, begin to rip the nest apart. Yeah. And, and she rips it apart and rips it apart until there is literally nothing left for them to hold on to. And now they've got to fly. Isn't that incredible? You know, that's that's true sometimes for us, isn't it? We have to be broken before we can ever truly learn to depend on God. Think back for a moment. When is the time that you prayed the hardest or you prayed the most? Wasn't it a moment when you were broken? When you were hurting and you're crying out to God? Now, look, there's a lot of people who will come to you. A lot of preachers will say this too. And they'll say, look, we, we don't only need to pray in the hard times, we need to pray in the good times as well. And is that a true statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's the deal. Sometimes I think it's preached in a way that makes us feel guilty about coming to God when it's bad. And I think there's a lot of people, and I tell my my kids this all the time, look, there's a lot of people that will come to you and try to guilt you into praying when it's hard. Don't you ever let somebody make you feel guilty about coming into the throne room of God. Don't you do it. And and, and don't you ever feel like God doesn't want you there because you're only here asking for something. God loves it when you come to Him. And He wants you to come to Him in those hard times. And and, and so, when we come to God in those broken moments, could it be that God is allowing us to go through those storms and to face those broken moments so that everything else is stripped away and we feel helpless and we look up to God and we say, God, help me. And He says, that's what I was waiting for. Because he's trying to teach us how to fly. He wants us to soar on wings like eagles. There's a lot of times where we do that. And we, 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 the, the nest is stripped away. And, and look, we feel like we're trying to fly and we're trying to walk by faith. And we're trying to do what God wants us to do. But there's just times where we fail, right? And we start falling. And we're trying and we're, we're flapping our wings. We're doing our best. But we're getting closer and closer to the ground. But see, God's just like that mother eagle. God is right there to lift us up on his back. And carry us back to the safety of his fold. What an awesome truth that is. Look, Exodus chapter 19 and verse 4. God told Moses to tell the Israelites this. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt for you. How I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Look, I got a poem I want to read. Um... It's called Under His Wings. Listen to this. I think it's pretty good. As the eagle must force her young from the nest to teach them how to fly, so our Father must press us out of our routine to the things that He'd have us try. And just as the eagle guards her own to ensure their safety in flight, our Lord is near when we try our wings. We're never out of His sight. But should the eaglet begin to fall... The eagle swoops down from above to rescue its young and bear it up 
on wings of strength and love. So how could we doubt that the eagle's creator, the one who made us all, would fail to save and deliver us if we should start to fall? Last thing that uh, I want you to get from the eagle and this promise that he, when he says to soar on eagle's wings, another thing that he means is found in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. And here's what it says. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Listen. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. (laughs) This passage reveals another awesome secret about the eagle. And that's the process of renewal that it goes through. You ever heard of the molting process? You know, every bird has to go through the molt. It's when they they begin to, their their feathers are kind of getting old and worn down and they pluck out all their other feathers and lose those and to grow new ones. Uh, Dad told me about a little parakeet he used to have that would kind of go through the molting process. He said, you want to go touch it while it was going through that, you know. And he said it kind of looked funny for a while, but then it would. It would grow back and and he said it would be a little brighter and a little more, you know, excited. And and, and so it's... uh, The eagle has to renew itself through this molting process once every seven years. And and after a few years, you see its wings, they become laden with all that dirt and that oil. And they're they're breaking and they're gross. And and, and from the constant use that they have and the beaks and the talons become calcified and brittle. And, And so the eagle will find a cave or it'll find a rock ledge far above any of the would be predators that are out there. And it begins this process of renewal. And first, the eagle uses its great beak to pull out all those bad feathers one by one by one. And then some even say that they begin to take out each talon individually. And when there's no talons or feathers left, then the eagle takes its beak and smashes it on a rock until it's broken as well. And there, completely defenseless, it waits as new Feathers and talons in the beak grow back even better than before. And, and you may say, okay, so that's, that's interesting. That's cool information. But what in the world does that have to do with me? Right? Again, David said that God satisfies your desires with good things until your youth is renewed like the eagle. Renewal. Don't you think there are times in our spiritual life where we need renewal? Times where we need to be uplifted. Times where we need to be revived. Maybe our lives have become laden with the oil and the dirt and the grossness of sin and its consequences that come into our life. Or we feel cracked and worn and tired and discouraged because, and and now we're starting to even have a little lack of faith because of all the storms and the junk that we have to go through. And it is then, in those moments, that we desperately need this promise that God says, I will renew your youth like the eagles. It is in those moments where we feel so weak that we need God to reach down. See, what, what good is an eagle that has no feathers or, or talons or beak, right? It's, it's so defenseless and helpless. And again, I think a lot of times God puts us in a similar position. 
God takes us and he rips us and strips us of all the things that we hold close, the things that we think will protect us, the things that we rely on. So we finally look up to him and we have no other option to say, God, please. And in that moment, he says, I will renew you. And he can make you even stronger and more beautiful and better than you have ever been before. As Paul said, when I am weak, what? Then I'm strong. He will renew your youth. You know, the eagle may be a a great symbol to our nation, but I really do think that it would be a great symbol for Christians too, don't you? Every time I see an eagle, these are the things that I begin to think about. What an awesome promise it really is to soar on wings like eagles. Firstly, he promised us to soar above the storms of life, to allow that storm and those winds to take us even higher. And again, guys, seniors, as y'all go out, And y'all open up this new chapter and y'all go to this school and y'all face those storms that are going to come. Allow them to lift you up and to take you even higher. View them as an opportunity that God is using to grow you. And not only that, but he promised his care and protection just like the mother eagle is caring for her young. And when you feel like you're falling and feel like there's nowhere to go, hey, rely on God. He's there and he'll catch you and he'll, he'll bring you into the safety of his fold. And he can also renew you. In those moments where you feel weak and you feel tired and you feel like you're not as on fire as you need to be and you don't love the Lord as much as you used to or whatever the case may be, in those moments, you desperately need God to renew you and to bring you back. So listen, here's the deal. The the promise is there for all of us. God says, I will lift you up and allow you to soar on wings like eagles. And that is an amazing promise. But it can't happen unless you choose for it to. So the promise is there, but the choice is yours. And I pray that as you sit there and you're looking at your own life and thinking about where you are spiritually, if you realize that you need renewal or that you're going through some storms in life and you just need God, I pray that you won't hesitate to come forward right now as together we stand and sing.